Hi, this is Ami Bland from Columbia, South Carolina, and you're listening to the All About Nothing podcast. This episode of the All About Nothing podcast is brought to you by GOT Sound Studio. GOT Sound Studio offers a variety of experiences, music, voice, and instrumental recording and production, video, and still photography. GOT Sound Studio has all of your media needs met. Owned and operated by Dominique Stewart, the Neek the Geek, experienced artists as well as up-and-coming will find everything they need to create. Bring your media needs to one of the most talented producers and engineers in the business, Neek the Geek. You can find details by visiting gotsoundstudio.com or calling 803-243-2302. You can also find links in the Friends of the Pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com. The All About Nothing podcast may have content and language. That isn't appropriate for some. Listener discretion is advised. It's Monday, January 1st. This is episode number 188. I am Barrett Gruber, and this is the All About Nothing podcast. So it's a new year. 2024. And by now, the hope is that unless you're the guilty party, your neighbors have extinguished all of the fireworks for the holiday season and will begin building their stockpiles up for, I don't know, Valentine's Day, Super Tuesday, who knows. I know I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I cannot wrap my head around the idea of spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on things that just go up into the air and explode. I know it sounds like I'm passing judgment, but truly, I enjoy seeing fireworks, but I just can't make myself spend money on something like that. I can't, I can't do it. It just feels wasteful, and I'm not judging my neighbors and friends that do it. Keep doing it. I enjoy it. Yes, I'm using you, but I'm asking that if you do it, y'all, have it done by 1 a.m. Truly, I, I would appreciate that. And I know it sounds like that I'm exaggerating. But I do have some neighbors that will fire off mortars and bottle rockets till 3, 4. Sometimes I'm literally getting up to start my day, and they'll still be the whistle and pop of a bottle rocket. So yes, please do enjoy and be safe, but for Jeebus' sake, do not do it all night. Have compassion for people that have small children or sensitive pets or jobs that require them to be at work on January 1st or the day after Memorial Day or the 5th of July or didn't get invited to your daughter's quinceanera. For me, looking forward, there will be a lot of challenges this 2024 that are going to keep me busy as well as a number of you listening. Every single year brings its own challenges, but in 2024, it may be one for the books. 2024 is going to be the year that All About Nothing podcast will be defending its title of Best Local Podcast in the Free Times Best of Columbia voting. So if you listen to episode number 186, Matt Villardebo outed me as a consultant on his campaign to flip the South Carolina House seat 26. This is something that I'm going to be taking very seriously because for one, South Carolina, Fort Mill for sure, but the state of South Carolina needs Matt Villardebo in the State House of Representatives. Same goes for Bill Kemmler, Jameel Brooks, Heather Bauer, and so many other progressive, community-minded individuals that want to work towards building a South Carolina that is the best place to create and maintain small businesses, that you can raise a family and know that the state of South Carolina is prioritizing health and education for everyone, but especially women and children, a state that considers all potential sources of economic growth, whether it's big business or agriculture, including hemp and marijuana as well as a state that considers all necessary reform matters in safety and security. That means justice reform, firearm ownership reform, including background checks that include mental health checks, 
not as a way to limit someone's freedom, but to protect everyone else's freedom to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's going to be a presidential election year, which is, means that all of us should be educating ourselves on the issues that truly matter and to actually research the candidates that are running to represent us, not just blindly following a party, but considering a candidate's history and experience. If an incumbent ran on a specific platform but didn't follow through with previous campaign promises, then you should take that into consideration. Whether it's Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Marianne Williamson, Robert Kennedy, just vote. But be an intelligent voter. Understand who it is and what it is that you're voting for. Looking back on the past year, I see a lot of progress. My kids are getting bigger. They learn more and are developing into individuals. So at some point, I'm going to have to trim that back some. I'm kidding, of course. The podcast grew last year. We attended the Soda City Comic Con, met hundreds of people, picked up thousands of listeners, and like I mentioned before, we were voted best local podcast in Columbia. These are truly huge things, and I look forward to much more. And I hope you'll all continue to move forward with me in the All About Nothing podcast. So this week, I've arranged a few guests from past episodes. We're going to be uh, briefly reflecting on 2023 and talk about what's coming in 2024. All right. Well, my first guest is uh, Zach King, who is also co-host of this podcast, but uh, decided to sit uh, this one out because he didn't want to see me sitting around in my underwear talking to people, I guess. Uh, facts. I don't understand why you have such an issue with it because <laughs> you literally make me do it uh, all the time. Do what? You you make me sit around while you're sitting around in your underwear. Oh well, listen. This it's is not. A piece of it's, art. it's not different. <laughs> don't don't go with the, uh, the. It's a different thing. It's not. So. It's like farts. Everybody likes their own brand. Yeah, you keep saying that. Uh, and 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 maybe at some point I'll just become immune to it, and uh, my nostrils will numb up or something like that, or they'll they'll harden. <laughs> Or whatever. Yeah, burn, burn your sense of smell out of your skull. Yeah, that that I look forward <laughs> to that truly. So well, you know, as as we begin the new year, so we'll take a minute to, to reflect on 2023. What were some of the key highlights and uh, challenges that you experienced, uh, Zach, during the uh, year of 2023? Oh, let's see. Um, I guess you know, getting a new job was a good highlight. That yeah. was probably the biggest highlight. Yeah, for sure. Um, then, uh, this Christmas was really, really awesome. So yeah, what a highlight? How was uh, how, how did Christmas grow for you all? It was great. We uh, we had all my family come to my house, so we hosted. So my mom, my uh, sister, and her family. Um, my brother in law's uh, mom came. Um, my mom. Gabrielle's parents, so it all, everybody came over and we had a great time. Yeah, okay, that sounds that that sounds really nice. I'm glad it was a, a good holiday. What uh, what sort of trends or development uh, do you anticipate for 2024? I don't know. Going into the election year, it's going to be fun. Yeah, um, going to have all that kind of rigmarole going on. But uh, learning my role at my new job, continuing that. Um. Just seeing seeing what the future holds. Twenty twenty four. If it's anything like twenty twenty three, it's on an upward trajectory, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, at least personally. Um. So, 
I'll take it. I'm wow. looking for first and foremost. I want uh, to win the fantasy football league that I went from last to first in, or last to second in. So if I can win that in the upcoming week, that would be great. There you go. I, I get to I get to potentially look forward to beating a me three times in one year, which has <laughs> never happened before. Uh, so and what what bracket is that, Merrick? That is in the uh, that is in the uh, the 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 lower of the lower bracket. I am currently in uh, ninth place in our league, um, yeah. about sixty points behind the eighth place, which is uh, a me. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I thought and, it only fitting. Yeah, it's it was it was not a good uh, fantasy year this year. It it did not work out to my benefit. And uh, next year, I plan on uh, pulling what I call the Zach maneuver, which is uh, getting a quarterback in the first round. Uh, Listen, I was in the finals last year, and I could be this year. I'm telling you, getting that quarterback early is <laughs> crucial. Totally messes up the draft. <laughs> but ruining it for everyone else. It, have you have you stuck with the same quarterback for the entire year? Besides yeah, like bye have, weeks. Uh, yeah, Josh Allen. I've used him. I only used Tua Tungavaloa, who's my backup, once, and it was when they were playing at the time god awful Broncos, and they put seventy some odd points on him. So it was a good one game switch out. Yeah. And other than that, I've only played Tua on the bye week for Josh Allen. Yeah, that's not bad. That's uh, that's not and bad. I do I do play the two tight end game. I have two Iowa, uh, former Iowa tight ends, George Kittle and. Um, uh, Sam, the tight end for the um, Detroit Lions. I cannot remember his last name. Well, I, I, but, can, uh, I can tell you yeah. this. My my tight end uh, is the Chicago tight end. Uh, and I can't ever pronounce his name, but it's like Najauka, Najuka. Well, anyway, uh, but uh, uh, he has recently uh, started producing, which, you know, it's Chicago. So you know, it's kind of wasted. Oh, you're like daylight in the dollar short guy. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that'll, that'll, that, that'll be, uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like, like I said, the highlight of my season will be, uh, three wins over a me in, in, in one year. So I'll take that. That'll be fantastic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, also 2024, we have to defend our, our title as best local podcast. That'll be something. It'll have to happen. Yep. Uh, Every year, of course, brings its own challenges and opportunities. What sort of major challenges do you think you might face in this upcoming year? Hmm. Uh, you, you know, probably getting my uh, three-year-old getting through the terrible threes. For sure. It's supposed to be the terrible twos, but I'm just getting the terrible threes. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. And then, of course, just continuing in my job to make sure... I get my role down because I'm still freshly new at it. Sure. And learning that. Um, and then, you know, winning that coveted Best of Columbia. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So for our listeners, do you have any uh, advice that you want to offer to any of the uh, the all about nothing nothingers? Mm. For, you know, keep doing you, keep pushing forward, even when, even when things look they're they're gloomiest if you keep pushing you'll come out on the right side eventually i'll take it lastly what's one realistic resolution that you'd like to stick to for 2024 i'm going to be hitting the gym yeah membership and all yeah 
what so uh what we're getting what... that we're gonna have that set up and um, me and my wife are gonna take turns going uh, either she'll go to the gym and get home and then it'll be my go so okay we're gonna work on doing that hey hey if you ever want to go walk the dam in the mornings just you know let me know and i'll, I'll let you know when i'm going that's well, not like might, a, might pick you up on that. That's not like a weird, you know, let me know you want to go and I might let you know that I'm going. That's a that's a legitimate <laughs> I'll let, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't some weird like, <laughs> it wasn't some cryptic way of saying I'm definitely not going. Uh but <laughs> maybe I'll go if you tell me you're gonna go and maybe yeah. I'll be there. Maybe we'll maybe we'll cross paths on the day. <laughs> All right, Zach. Thank you very much. Uh, we will uh, we'll see you on the next recording of the uh, the All About Nothing podcast. Sounds like it. See you in twenty twenty four. Yes, sir. All right. Up next, friend of the pod and co creator of Nerdy by Nature Productions, which you can check out on YouTube, where you'll find everything from news and information and reviews about movies and video games and comics. Uh, welcome back to the All About Nothing podcast, my my uh, my good friend uh, Leroy Green. Welcome back, Leroy. Appreciate it, Derek. Thank you for having it. Um, uh, news is very loose. Yeah, well, you um, know. Usually it's, it's rantings and ravings of a man who is uh, screaming at the digital world that we still need to save physical media lately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've turned, I've literally turned into that guy. And uh, so, yeah, there, there is video game news. There's, there's movie news. We uh, just talked about, um, uh, we, we just talked about the uh, 20, 2000, what year is this? Twenty twenty three video games of the year. Yeah. Um, the, the year of video games and like what has been going on in the industry. Uh, we're gonna do a, a Rebel Moon, um, review. Okay. Movie review. So so real <laughs> real quick, I keep seeing Rebel Moon popping up in like feeds and stuff like that. What is Rebel Moon? I I assumed it was something to do with Star Wars, but it's not. No, it is. So Zack Snyder. Um, I know you know that name. Oh yeah. Um, from the internet, Justice uh, League. Zack Snyder, yep, the, the very same. So Zack Snyder had an idea for a Star Wars movie, and he developed it for years, and basically decided, I'm going to do my own thing. And so basically, what he's created is is his own sci-fi universe. His goal for it is six movies. Okay. To tell a complete story, build this whole new world over six films. There are two that are already slated. There's Rebel Moon, A Child of Fire, and Rebel Moon, Stargiver. One came out in December. The second film will come out in April. That's quick. The idea, so he shot them back to back. Okay. Kind of like what Lord of the Rings used to do back in the day and what they did with the the Matrix movie. So what they would do is they would have this huge idea for a film or a franchise and they'd shoot them all at once so they get the actors and actors the actors and actresses together to tell the complete story. The idea is he wants so uh, there's also like a prequel comic that came out starring two of the characters. And so the idea is to basically have his own, you know, to be his own George Lucas. Um, I've seen it. Uh, I, I tell people see it for themselves. Okay. Because, because here's the thing. There are tons of movies that people think that are great that I'm just like, y'all like that? Okay, cool. <laughs> and, 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 and it's in, there's a, a bunch of movies that people will be like, that is trash. It was terrible. And I'm like, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And so I think what, when we look at movies and we look at films, movies, 
television, whether it be books, whatever commercial art that we have, yeah. we should always keep in mind, who is this for? Is it good and is it for me? And I think that's a really good a barometer when you go to see something or when you ingest something, whether it's comedy, whether it's music, is this for me? Yeah. And if it's for you, then see if it's good or not. Because that's a big thing when this when an artist makes something, sometimes they're not making it for everyone. True. Sometimes they're they're making it so like perfect example. If you are a fan of horror, you would be interested in the fact that the Winnie the Pooh license uh, entered the public domain. Right. That movie would be for you. Now, if you like Winnie the Pooh and grew up with Christopher Robin, Eeyore, and Tigger's are wonderful things, you may not be interested to see a Winnie the Pooh slasher film. <laughs> so that's where we have to distinguish between if something is good or and is something for you. Yeah. And that's kind of what we do with the channel, along with the rantings and ravings of a man who is trying to hold on to physical media. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of you is that? Is that you or Michael? I'm, it's definitely me. Michael's coming around. I'm, 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 I'm winning him over with my Don Quixote. Uh, <laughs> that Will Mills. He, he's coming around. You know, he's he's not there with me on the donkey, but he he's he's getting there begrudgingly. That's great. Uh, so just to just to take a second to reflect on 2023, what were some of the key highlights and challenges that you experienced uh, over the over the course of this past year? Um. For us, it was learning how the media landscape changed and what people's appetites were. Um, for for me, you know, getting a new job and, and settling into that and still trying to, like, have this space where, you know, we, we, we comment, we, we report the news, and how that changed is because how we ingested it changed. And a lot of people became siloed in how they got their information. Sure. They wanted their information from a, a, from people who they identified with instead of just getting clean, concise, clear information. And that was something we grappled with. And, I, and, I, and personally, I grappled with it because as I transitioned out of news, I'm no longer in it every day. So then I have to like make sure that when I get my news information – who am I getting it from and what and what what is that person's agenda or what is that company's agenda? Yeah. You know, regardless of whether you're left, right, leaning, center, it doesn't matter. Facts are facts. And so that was one of the things that we grappled with in certain people's, you know, like we talked about perfect example in twenty twenty three, the idea is is a superhero movie dead? Or are people done with superhero movies? And I don't think we're done with those movies because those movies, it's a its a genre. It's like a Western right. or a romantic comedy. People aren't done with romantic comedies. It's just that how we've ingested these romantic comedies has changed, and we have to decide what we think is appropriate comedy. And, what, you know, and it also doesn't make money. And so you had for a, a run of 10 years, Marvel was dominating the cinema oh, yeah. to the point where – you had people like, for example, in 2023, you had people like Martin Scorsese excoriating the film industry because 
the movies that he wanted to make were, and, you know, others are not being highlighted. Him, Quentin Tarantino, all these big names you normally hear about when it comes to film yeah. are not the popular kids anymore. And it's not that they're not, and it's not that they're not being able to do the films that they want to do. Uh, Scorsese just had Killers of the uh, Flowers of the Killer, yeah, Killer of the Flower Moon, yeah. Thank you. Uh, um, Flowers so of the Killer Moon, out. whichever, yeah. But... So, yeah, that just came out. He just did with Netflix, The Irishman, one of the right. biggest movies of, of all time for Netflix. And so it's not like he's not been able to do the films he wants to. It's just that he's not the most popular kid in the room anymore. Well, and and it's huge. It, it, it like Scorsese has has this this I, I, not to not to uh, downplay or, or or anything like that with with what it is that he creates, but like he has the the stories that he tells are so uh, that there there's so much information in them that you can't you 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 can't condense them down into an hour and a half movie. Because Zach and I were talking about it last week, is like or during a recording of What the Pod, where the Irishman was what three hours and thirty three hours. minutes. Yeah, uh, flowers, uh, flower, or killer of the flower moon, or the latest one. It was it was over three hours, and it yes. takes a lot to sit there and and watch it. I, I another example, and and this was a super a superhero movie was the Batman in twenty twenty two. That was a three and a half hour movie. And, and, and in my head, as soon as we got to about, I don't know, an hour and 30 minutes into it, I'm like, this is what, this would be a great place to put in uh, a part two. This would, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, again, it comes down to, it's not that, it's not that my attention span isn't capable of, of traversing the entire story. It's that what would be appropriate? Does it, do, does, do some of these really require because uh, in my head, I go to the marketing idea. Like, if we split this into two movies, you, you you have one really good movie, but you could have two great movies that that are bringing you know that you're selling tickets to now that you're bringing in more money. But you know, Scorsese, I think he's got he's got such a desire to tell the story to its you know totality, and uh, so I, yeah, but yeah, I. I I, I understand Scorsese who who will go down as as one of the greatest directors and storytellers of the 20 and 21st century uh, isn't uh, he, he's not Kevin Feige. Uh, no. And, and, and also you got to and, and one of the things I think what people haven't figured out yet is that every superhero movie isn't great and every superhero movie isn't. Every, every, all of them, they're not great and they're not all bad. Yeah, there, 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 there were highs and lows. So, perfect example this year, um, Oppenheimer came out from Christopher Nolan, Another and then Greta Gerwig uh, <laughs> dropped uh, Barbie. So you had those two movies which dominated headlines. Yeah. But another great film, an animated film, Across the Spider Verse came out. Oh yeah. And I would say, is probably one of the best movies. I will say this. The Spider-Verse films, Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse, are A, two of the best comic book movies of all time, and two of the best movies of the year that they came out in. And I think what happens is, is like when we talk about movies, we talk about how we ingest these movies has changed because we have 
this plethora of streaming services. Mm -hmm. So you're able to watch a movie, pause, get up, go to the bathroom, watch these things in the comfort of your own home. What Scorsese is harking back to is a time where the studios and these heads, these directors all got together and they planned this film release. They had the red carpet. You know, you went on the talk show circuit, you promoted this film and it was an event. You went to the movies for an event. Oh yeah. That's not exactly how this generation watches films. And then, you have to realize that just because you don't like the genre doesn't mean that the genre is bad. You just have to find what you like within that genre and go with that. And it takes trial and error. Personally, I thought some of the biggest blockbusters this year were like, really? You spent $200, $300 million on this? Meanwhile, you can get some indie films that came out and you could be like, oh, this was amazing. There's a little film. It's called Polite Society. Um, I saw that. It, 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 amazing. I thought it was great. great. Film. Thought it, it was, was great. Ama- it was a. It was an amazing piece of cinema. And then you have another movie called The Blackening that came out. I think it uh, was made under twenty million dollars. Yeah. Um, I think over a total run theatrically, it made fourteen million dollars. It was. So you have these huge blockbuster, blockbusters like Ant Man and the Wasp, and it's like, eh. You know, I could take it or leave it. VX were not that great. Jonathan Majors, you know, outstanding of his his conviction. I thought he did a very good job in that film. But the film wasn't that great. The The two main leads, Michelle Pfeiffer and Jonathan Majors, carried that film. Yeah. And it dragged on. And then you go at the end of the year with a movie like Aquaman. You know, $200 million movie, it's may not even make $100 million. It's first two weeks out yeah so it's like i understand where these guys are coming from and but at the end of the day i think we what needs to happen is when people look at cinema when they look at film they have to decide okay is this for me and is it good and once you and 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 take a chance on it to me maybe don't go see the blockbuster maybe don't go see you know the the next fast whatever i think they're the next one's going to be 11. I mean, by the, by the end of it, me and you are going to be in a car with Vin Diesel, yeah. you know, jumping. I mean, there's so many of these movies, but then you have a movie like the light society, which was amazing. Yeah. Like I laughed. I, 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 I put the kids to bed. The wife was asleep. I watched it. It was like midnight and I am cracking up to the point where like, I woke the baby up. Wow. Like I was just like, it was just, it, it was, was just that good. It was. And so, I think that's what we've been we're grappling with in this whole new media landscape and how we ingest information. And for the channel, we've been trying to figure out, like, explaining to people, hey, the sky isn't falling. There is change coming. And how we, you know, like theaters. I mean, look at somebody like Taylor Swift and Beyonce. They release films in the theater of their concerts that were pretty much concert slash documentaries yeah and i didn't see the taylor swift one but i did see the beyonce one and i'm gonna tell you right now beyonce impressed like i've been to, my wife is a fan um i've been to a couple of her concerts i've been to the um um uh the run tour that she did with her and her husband jay-z mm-hmm. and i'm gonna tell you i was impressed with what she put together on film from a filmmaking standpoint just like this was an artist who was invested in the fact of the stage hands are important. Yeah. The crew is important. And and that's something you don't normally hear from somebody who's 
Beyonce. Right. You know, like, and, and I'm not knocking any other artists. I'm just saying, like, that's a film you went to the theater to see. It, and that's an experience for some people who don't care about the next big whatever franchise blockbuster. But Taylor Swift has a film and Beyonce has a film and they were able to bypass the studio and they were able to get their film to their fans. That's amazing. And I think that's and, – and, and to that effect, I think we need to get back to enjoying the things that we like and not tearing down something that may not be for you. Yeah, the um, uh, the idea of these uh, studios just distributing distributing the uh, these these films and things like that, I think it does take a toll on on the artists that that want to push. Yeah, I I I totally agree. I think I think that's I I I have not seen either Taylor Swift or Beyonce's, but uh, I, I based on your recommendation, I will I will have to uh, I will have to add those to my watch lists. And here's the thing. I'm not even a Taylor Swift fan. I do want to watch her film just from the technical standpoint of the, like I've been reading the news about how the different trucks that she had to make, build the sets like Beyonce and her film. She talks about the fact that they built three sets. So whenever she was doing a concert right then in the present, that's one set. They were tearing down the previous set. So that's set two. And then, Whatever city she's going to, another set is being put up. So literally, Dang. she's leapfrogging each. As she's going to each city. The sets are leapfrogging, repositioning, going to different places. And I'm like, that's stuff you don't get to see. Yeah. And I think as as a fa- as a fan of film and as production, that was amazing for me. I was just as hyped. So like to say a Taylor Swift concert on screen. Like I'll probably you know when it comes to a streaming service, I'll probably watch it. Um, just for the, the technical aspect of like watching an artist, a, a billion dollar artist businesswoman at work in her craft. Right. So I think that's one of the things that cinema does that a lot of other mediums can't do is give you that experience, that that experience where you're immersed in a storytelling. And I think the only thing that comes close to that, or to piggyback to to, to is the only thing that comes close to that storytelling experience immersing you is video games. Oh yeah. It's taking you to an entirely new world and placing you in that world to where you experience the highs and lows of whatever story those creators were trying to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and from a video game aspect, I will say Spider-Man two has been, uh, a ton of fun. I have really enjoyed playing that one. Uh, I that is on my list to get. I haven't gotten it yet. Um, I just so I, I'm, I think this is the first time I've mentioned it. I've, I've said it out loud and I've admitted it. I'm a holder of things. <laughs> so I just now deleted the Miles Morales Spider Man game off my PS5 did to you? make room for two. I just now did it to make room for Spider Man two because I just finished. Play, I played it. I played it twice, and I always played it around Christmas time. Yeah. So that it, like I, it got me in the you know the, the the holiday spirit, and so I just deleted it in anticipation of getting Spider Man two, so I can have that room on the PS five. Yeah, I I had I had both the original Spider Man and Mike Morales, uh, uh, Miles Morales on on the PS five uh, for uh, more than a year playing them. Because uh, I'd beaten both of them, but it was you know going through and doing all the side missions and collecting everything like that. But then, 
when I when I did get Spider Man Two, uh, I did not have enough space on the PS Five, so I had to I had to make a decision on what is which it. One, yeah, what, which one? Yeah, what am I going to like this? <laughs> so I I dropped I dropped the original Peter Parker Spider Man, and I also <laughs> dropped uh, Grand Theft Auto off of the, the, the PS Five. Um, well, cause I still have it on the Xbox and the Xbox had, I, I was able, I expanded the memory on the Xbox just to allow to, uh, to hold on to, to some of those games, but like, yeah, uh, it's, you know, uh, and, and honestly, I don't, I, I don't know why I had Grand Theft Auto on both the PlayStation and the Xbox because, you know, that's 70 bucks a piece or whatever. Uh, which was probably, you know, not the the best uh, purchasing decision, but you know, whatever. Oh yeah, I I am terrible at purchasing decisions when it comes to uh, my collecting in video games. Right now, I'm looking on at my shelf, and so like how you talked about Grand Theft Auto, I'm like that with The Last of Us. I own every version of that game. Okay. Every every part. Um, I just got the remake. Now keep in mind, this game came out on PS3. So I have the PS3 version, I have the I have the PS4 um, remastered version, I have the PS5 Part One remake version. Yeah. I have a digital copy of it on one of these systems, and then I have the PS4 Last of Us Part Two physical copy, and they're going to release a Part Two PS5 update. Right. That I will buy again, and I'm like someone should be the adult in the room yeah yeah and stop me from buying the, the every version of this game and then i look around and i'm like oh yeah that's me there's a there's <laughs> there's a program there's a program that meets weekly out there somewhere for this exact addiction i i have to believe that there's a program out there somewhere for it <laughs> i'm going to be honest with you the program it's probably like an aa where they yeah. started off as helping and then it became a weekly meeting of you know what this isn't so bad like they convinced themselves that we're, hey man we're not doing drugs it became a we're land party is what it became it, it, it literally turned in from a support group it literally turned into like we're going to help this addiction from a support group to like hey man do you realize that grand theft auto 6 is about to come out in two years <laughs> and it's like oh like it, it really has turned. It probably has. I'm telling you, because there are so many different games, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember playing that. And then they re- make a remake, and I was again the person screaming, "Stop remaking games!" Yeah, yeah. And then I played Dead Space the remake, and I was like, you know what? Maybe you should remake Not some bad. more. Not <laughs> bad. Not <laughs> bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, lo- looking ahead to 2024, uh, what sort of what sort of events or things are, are you anticipating for you and for the channel? Um, right now, I think conventions uh, is a big thing. I know right now E3 is the big news that that they're no longer doing E3. Yeah. Um, that was that, that was huge. That was on my bucket list list to go to. But there are other great. I mean, for locally, uh, SC Comic Con and Greenville coming yeah. up in. Um, I want to say March or April. Then you have uh, Soda City Comic Con in October. You have uh, uh, SE Horror Con that had their first convention this past September. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, so you have you have these local you have these local conventions. We've learned to live with the pandemic. Um, the, I believe it's now downgraded to an endemic. We've learned to live with COVID. 
Yeah, so, absolutely. So that getting back out and doing things is going to be a real big part to for a lot of people getting these experiences. Um, a lot of people are moving past things like the huge screen TVs. You know, you can get them for fairly inexpensive money. Right. Uh, amount of money. So, you, like, saving up for that. So I think a lot of people are looking for these experiences. So, like... You have Sandy Wakama Con is back. You have WonderCon in Anaheim. We have all these different co- conventions that are that are going to be coming back. Um, I haven't seen what Soda City's lineup is going to be, but for SC Comic Con, they just released William Shatner's coming to South Carolina. Wow. Ashley, yes. Uh, Ashley Eckstein, who's the voice of Ahsoka, who I started that. her universe, she's coming. Um, Jim Lee, who uh, was... Everybody knows from drawing the X-Men, uh, he's over there running DC Comics now. He's coming to SC Comic Con. So, like, South Carolina as a, as a state, we're starting to get people. Uh, last year, Brock, um, for Soda City, brought in um, Michael Bean. Oh, yeah. Brought in Sean, Sean, uh, Sean Astin. And so, you, you, you know, you have these big names coming to South Carolina. I think conventions are going to be a big thing. And I think, I think movies, how we view cinema, how cinema comes to us is going to change because a lot of these streaming services are going to have to be profitable now. So they're not going to be killing their golden goose. That's in the theater after a few weeks, they're going to leave it in the theater a little longer. So you, you may get a chance to like, I've noticed that a lot of people are like, if you don't go see it in those first couple of weeks, they just wait. Well, maybe now with the studios saying, hey, let's leave this movie in theaters a little longer. Let's look at how we're releasing these films and change them up. Maybe we'll get some better films. I think that's going to happen coming uh, in the new year. Uh, We have some really big movies coming out. uh, One that... uh, Deadpool 3 oh, yeah. Very comes out next year. And that's the only Marvel movie on its slate on their slate. Right. Is Deadpool 3. You have Dune 2 coming out uh next year. Yeah. Um that to me that's the big one for me. So you have these huge blockbuster films coming out. And then on the other side of it, video games, uh the PS5 and the Xbox Series X are at its year three. So next year will be year four. Um Yeah, we're you, bound to get an update st- to those, right? You're, you're going to get some updated consoles um, and harking back to the original idea. Microsoft has been toying with the idea of a digital only console, Yeah. which that changes how we buy media now. Mm-hmm. In other words, it changes how we, because they, they'll sell you a, a, a drive separately, but that changes how you, buy video games it yeah. changes are you going to buy more physical movies or less physical movies and if my, a company the size of microsoft does that does a company like sony follow suit later on but then it also changes the secondhand market a store like gamestop will that survive after 2024 if you're releasing a console where you don't need to go in and buy a physical copy of that game well, I almost wonder, and, does does GameStop, I mean, and, and, and not to say that they don't sell video games, they do, but they have, they, they, they had to expand their, uh, their, their, their inventory to, you know, toys and, and puzzles and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. So it's, you know, would, would the potential of the two largest, uh, 
uh, uh, game console uh, uh, you know, companies would, if they, if both of them move to digital only, you know, what would, what effect would that have on them? And not only if they, if they move to digital only, think about it from a consumer standpoint. If Microsoft and Sony decide, okay, you can only buy our game through our digital store, then they control how much you pay for that game. So right now, new releases for your current-gen consoles are $70. Yeah. I'm a parent. You're a parent. My kids are not at the age where they want a console and all the newest games. I'm still a kid in the household. Yeah. But even I can't get every new release that comes out. And so then you have to look at it and say, okay, if I buy it from your digital store, A, how long do I own it for? Because we've seen over the years, stuff comes and goes in these digital stores because you don't own anything that's digital. Right. You pay for the idea of keeping it and someone else is storing it for you. Then it also brings in the point of the secondhand market. Before, if you wanted to go to GameStop or these other places, someone could trade in a game that either they got finished playing, they didn't like it, or they finished it and they're like, okay, I want something new. You could then buy that game for a reduced price. You right. can't do that anymore. No. So, not all, and then you also have, uh, there's a report right now, Best Buy is going to stop selling physical media when it comes to Blu-ray and DVDs. Right. Walmart has said that they're going to stop selling physical games in store. So, 2024 is going to be a very big year on how we as society, as a society, as a society and a culture here in America ingest and take in our media because these companies are trying to decide what's profitable. And then they're also trying to decide how can we make the most bang for our buck? Because if Sony sells me the next video game, I pay $70 for it. They get that $70. Yeah. But if I buy it from target and I don't, I, I'm done with it. I can then turn around and get that money from someone else. I take it to one of the local stores here like Scratch and Spin or Gamers Block. They don't get a cut of that money. Right. And so that's one of the things that they're looking at that they're trying to – and so we're all the consumers caught up in all of this. Meanwhile, you've got a guy like Christopher Nolan's like, hey, man, yeah, my movie's going to come out. Buy it on digital. I mean, buy, it a, buy a physical copy of it. Don't just buy it on digital. Buy a physical copy in, on 4K, and it's sold out everywhere. Yeah. So you have, you have the directors telling you, don't just buy it digital. Buy a physical copy. You have a, the stores trying to, to get rid of the physical medium who then hire the directors who are telling you don't do what they're trying to do. It, it's, 2024 is going to shake out to be a very interesting year because the consumer is going to ultimately decide. Man. Because if they if they don't buy into this new digital marketplace, then they're going to have to go back to selling things physical. Yeah. Because let's right now, vinyl sales are up. Oh yeah, for sure. So, I think 2024 is going to be a big year in how we how how society changes how we're starting to ingest media and how we're going forward coming out of the pandemic when everybody was locked inside the house and all we had was these things. So now that we're able to go out, we're able to do these things. How does that change and how do, how does that change how we interact with it going forward in 2024? Yeah. 
That's that's it's it that's that's stuff I haven't even thought about. That's interesting. So, uh, any advice for for listeners uh, to to make the most out of their twenty twenty four? Um, honestly, find the things that you like and enjoy them, and don't worry about the things you don't. That's if good. it doesn't affect you, don't worry about it. Yeah. And I think that's this internet culture has has really seeped in our brains to where we're fighting about things online that doesn't matter. So we talked about Rebel Moon earlier. Yeah. Whether you like the film, whether you don't like the film, if you like it, cool. If you don't like it, cool. Move on, find something else you like. But we're in the society where people get online and they're like, I love this film and you're terrible for not liking it. I hate this film and you don't agree with me, so you're the scum of the earth. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> calm down. Zack Snyder's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the per- the people who made this are not missing any meals. Trust me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so they don't need us out there evangelizing on either side. Sure. We as we as the fans and as the consumer have to take a step back and say, "Would I say this to someone's face?" Ah. Oh, and if yeah. you wouldn't say it to somebody's face, how about? And and this is something I contend that I thank God I grew up. Before I, you know, found my voice online and, you know, we found the channel. That's something that I, that I say going forward in 2024, come out of these silos. If you like something, say, you know, talk with people and have a conversation. If you like it, say why you liked it and enjoy why you liked it. If someone disagrees with you, have a conversation, but don't let it control or don't let it change or don't let it become who you are. I think a lot of times people let their fandom dictate who they are as people. Like, and that thing about it, as Star Wars nerds, people hate us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, because they're tired of our shit. And they're tired of hearing all of these arguments over these silly films. For, and, and the problem is, for some people, that's their sports. Yeah. And that sports culture and that sports mindset has gotten into nerddom and fandom. And I think that's one of those things going in 2024. If you like something, like it and just be cool about it. If you don't like something, be cool about that, too, because guess what? Your worst film may be somebody's favorite film. Good your advice. Worst, your worst, the worst album from Metallica may be somebody's introduction to heavy metal music. And that may be what sparks that flame that either gets them to start a band, that gets them to listen to more music. You don't know what that other person, what will strike a nerve with them. So as you crap on something, you may discourage someone from getting into that. Yeah. And that's what I say for 2024. Let's, because we all remember when, what, like if, if you're a football fan, we all remember what it's like trying to figure out who your team was discovering who who you were a fan of and that's with anything if you love music you were in radio for it for a number of years you know what it's like for people who were fans of a certain music and you finding your voice and learning what you like if you don't have someone screaming at you online every day this is what you should like and what you should not like yeah it changes how you interact with that thing and i think that's what we need to take notice of all of us Oh yeah, and we all need to kind of police each other. Like, hey man, chill. If they like that thing, yeah, chill. Like, hey man, 
calm the f down. Yeah. So, you may hate this film, and I may agree with you, but guess what? That twelve-year-old kid may be like, "This is the greatest thing ever." Totally I want to do agree. films now. Totally. I want to be a right. Like you don't know. So ease up, homie. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh, lastly? What's one realistic resolution that you think you'd like to stick with for twenty twenty four? Uh, I was going to say spend less money, but I already have <laughs> spent thousands of dollars in my head and it's not even the new year yet. Um, like <laughs> I, I literally was looking at a laptop and a camera not too long ago. And I was like, yeah, that saving money thing is out the window. Cause I, I got to buy a new toilet already. <laughs> I got to buy a new toilet already. And I'm like, Okay, I'm gonna buy the toilet, but what about this camera? Is it shooting 6K or 8K? Um, so that's out of the window. Um, can I can I film myself changing the toilet out? How can I justify yeah, like, the necessity? Oh yeah, I'm like I can change the toilet. I've done <laughs> and it. It's like like I've done the seals. I can do a whole toilet. Yeah, I can save some money on that. Um, no, I think for me, 2024 is um, new experiences. Um, I was the pandemic did not help me in the sense of I I I deal with um, anxiety around big crowds. Um, yeah, me too. As I got older, as I as it, it wasn't this bad. As I got older, I had I, I pulled myself back from going and going to concerts and going to things. It was the amount of people. It was I was in news. The anxiety of doing news and and seeing all the bad things that we do to each other as humans started to seep in. So I started to retreat. The pandemic did not help that. Yeah. It exacerbated that beyond like you would not believe. But think, <clears throat> thanks to family and friends, I've gone out and done things. And I think 2024 is the year of new experiences where if you like something, go to that thing or try that thing. So like you have these places like uh, axe throwing uh, right now, you know, if you like beer and liquor, take a brewery tour yeah. um, take, or do a distillery tour. We have the, there are like five conventions off the top of my head here in South Carolina alone. Uh, SC Comic Con, Soda City Comic Con, Heroes Con um, in Charlotte, North Carolina. You've got SC Horror Con and then you have uh, Captain uh, X, uh, the uh, Comic Con in Sh uh, Charleston. So that's five right off the top of my head. So like Take a chance and try to a new experience because it may be terrible, but you'll never know. Yeah. It may be great, but you never know. And so get out of your comfort zone and try something new. So I, I, I urge people, you know, whether it's music or a concert, whether it's for us here, you know, we've talked about this at length, New Brooklyn Tavern moving from West Columbia to uh, Five Points. That's a big deal. Yeah. Um, River Rat Brewery is closing after being in the community for 10 years. Yeah. You know, um, that, that one hurt. That, the, those, those two hurt. But I think in 2024, let's maybe try to get out of the house and experience new things so that you can build these memories with these new things, these new places, these new people. And maybe we can get out of this darkness, you know, that we kind of experienced for the last three years. And maybe that gets us to a place where we're like, hey, man, it's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, you let me know where to meet you. I'll be there. Mm. I'll be there. I, I mean, I'm down. I mean, <laughs> we, we, I, I got to hit up New Brooklyn and River Rat before the 30th because that's when they close. Yeah. Yeah. You got you got three days on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think, the, I think the kids would like a brewery. Hey, boys, go ahead. Go yeah. to the counter. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no reason to let them not, you know, meander their, their way around. Most of that equipment's shut off by now, I assume. You know, it's not. I'm, a, I'm, I'm I'm guessing they have probably have to dealt with getting a toddler out of a brewing tank before. Sure, <laughs> sure. That's you know, common sense would would say that they have they have planned for those things, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, maybe they're closing. They're like, "Hey, man, that's all you." Yeah. Hey, just don't check out the don't don't check out the tank. It's full of toddlers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, friend of the pod, co-creator of Nerdy by Nature Productions, which you can check out again on YouTube, where uh, you get uh, just uh, the rantings of, of of Michael and Leroy about uh, everything from video games and uh, movies and, and and everything like that. It's 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 fantastic. I subscribe and uh, and I get notified every single time a new one comes up. Uh, there, you guys are fun to watch live. I I try when I watch you live. I do try and not write comments too often because i don't want to distract you away from the conversation you're having even though oh no because i don't don't, distracted yeah you've seen what you've seen how it goes yeah but i don't (laughs) i don't have anything insightful to say most of the time or to type into the chat so i i just kind of i just kind of sit there and participate by 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 watching and listening and learning so if you've seen us live sometimes we don't have anything insightful to say <laughs> <laughs> i will admit sometimes it feels like you're both irritated at each other uh by the time you get started and then it and then it and then it transitions into okay now they're being more cohesive but sometimes it feels like <laughs> michael's annoyed by you and you are annoyed by michael and there 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 have been times where like i really wish we could talk about what we talked about beforehand yeah on because like some of it's news related and some of it's like hey man did you see what just happened and you're like what the and so like we're mad about something yeah or michael has done something like one day he was like we were supposed to tape something and i was like yeah we're gonna tape it he's like we're gonna do it live so we were like going back and forth and it's like hey man we never take this at this time, or we never do this live at this time. And he was like, well, I thought, and I'm like, see, that's what your problem is. You were thinking. Let me do the thinking. <laughs> Again, make sure to check out Nerdy by Nature on YouTube. Link's in the show notes. Uh, Leroy, thank you very much. I hope that 2024 uh, uh, turns out to be uh, a fantastic for year for you and for uh, the channel as well as your family. Uh, the kids are going to get older and, uh, it's really when they start developing their personalities, that's, that's, that's really when you want to, uh, to put the kibosh on that, just, to just to knock that down because they get out of control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These are mine. And that psycho stuff is not going to skip a generation. So, um, <laughs> I'm just going to say, pray for me, whoever you guys pray to out there. I don't judge whoever, I don't care who it is. Just send some prayers my way. Cause I've got a toddler. I've got two toddlers who think pretty smart, pretty much smarter than I ever was. Yeah. And that's scary. Yeah. And they're just three and one. <laughs> All right, Leroy, thank See you very you. much. I appreciate it. Later. All right, welcome back to the show. Writer, artist, voice, and influencer, as well as co-creator Sol Haas, located on Lincoln Street in downtown Columbia, where you can check out amazing art, as well as Recca Sundays on with uh, Preach Jacobs. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Preach Jacobs, welcome. What's going on, man? Thank you all for having me. Hey, no, I, I'm glad to have you. Uh, I know we, I know we have been talking a lot uh, uh, over text, and 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 we've met up a couple times. I, I, or I, I, okay, I've appeared where you work. 
uh, is essentially what's happened. Uh, but uh, we 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 are going to do things in 2024. We're we're gonna we're gonna start uh, working with Preach to uh, create content for the show, and we're also going to work with him to create some content for things that he wants to do. Uh, we're going to push Soul Haas because there is uh, absolutely some amazing artwork uh, that I got to see uh, when I was down there on opening night. Which also, by the way, uh, Carolina girls were playing Clemson that night. You had uh, uh, the uh, the the lighting of the the lights in downtown Columbia was the same night. Yep, it, it was Vista lights in the in the Vista. Yeah, it was absolute chaos that night. I I can tell you so, and I, I don't know if you heard me when I told you, but I, I got to hang around for about twenty minutes because I figured twenty minutes was just long enough that somebody would get back to their car, find that I had double parked on them, call a tow truck, <laughs> and the tow truck be on the way before I then left. Uh, so, uh, fortunately I, I don't think any of that happened because I, I was able to get out before, before the, uh, the tow truck showed up, but yeah, it was, I would have, I would have felt awful if you would have got told. Oh no, opening. that's no, no, that's, that's on me. That is absolutely on me, but it was a really cool night there. I, the, the, some of the art, and I know we've gone back and forth about this, but, uh, JB, uh, my buddy JB, who's the photographer over at GOT sound studio, uh, he told me he wants that James Brown. Uh, it's, it's his. So whenever he gets back from vacation, it's his. So yeah, he's earmarked for it. Some of there, there, there was another, there was another piece of art, and it was a, it was a large one. And and I'm not an art person, so I don't, I don't know what it is I'm looking at or how I should interpret it. I just know how it makes me feel when I see it. But there was one that was mm-hmm. lightning bugs, that was on the back wall, that was absolutely something that I would purchase if I had the money to buy it. But do, do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, that's a Mike Krajewski piece. Shout out to Mike. Yeah, and then the James Brown is also my man, uh, Dre Lopez. Yeah, so Mike Krajewski um, did that piece. He has a few pieces in there. Um, real great, wonderful stuff. And and the the great thing about it is the gallery, um, we really wanted to focus on amplifying local artists because, you know, what, what you do and what I do is we're part of the arts community that want to be able to give voices to people in the arts community and, you know, or art adjacent, right? Cause like, if you, if you're involved in anything, whether it's music or if you're a painter or if you're creative, um, we all kind of suffer from the same issues of, I got some really cool shit to say and I don't have a way for people to hear me or I have something really cool I want people to see and I don't have a way for people to see it. So the gallery um, mostly is local artists or regional artists that we all have relationships with, right? So it, it's, I know certain galleries when you say that you like something, you're not really sure about what it means, but it's how you feel. That's my approach. Yeah. I, I, I'm not, I'm not someone that has originals hanging up on my wall. I started investing in art by buying limited edition prints and I'm in, you know, and I'm obsessed with comic book culture. And those are things that were kind of seen as, um, you know, frowned upon by the high end art society. And it's now being understood that like, yo, this is some value to it. Right. So, so yeah, so it's it's really really a great opportunity for for me and my partners to to have a way to really focus on having local artists in the building, and we and we got relationships with all of them. So so yeah, stop by Soul House twelve twenty one Lincoln Street, uh, open Wednesdays through Saturdays eleven to five, and Sundays twelve to three. Work for record Sunday. Sorry, had to do that. But yeah, <laughs> no, you're good. I, <laughs> promote the hell out of it. Uh, no, it's just it's it's it like I said, it's it's such a real it's just a cool venue and, and the gallery is it it, it you know, it is it, it's 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 
intimate, you know. Uh, yes. Yes. And 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 but but seeing all the people that that you had coming that that came in there to check out the art and actually went around and looked at it, like I I, I noticed uh, lots of the people that I saw in there actually looking to see who the artist was or looking to see what the subject of the painting was or even looking to see yeah. what the price tag on it was. So. Yeah. That you know, I, I know these galleries exist in other places. It's just I've never I've I've not ever been to them, or I haven't been in there and paid attention. You know, there are restaurants in town that that have people's artwork up, and you can see how much it is or what the subject is, and and, and the, so that exists. But but I, I really like what you guys did down there at Soha, so I, I look forward to spending more time down there as well. I, I appreciate it, man. You know what? The thing that ends up happening that I see that happens a lot is that you have businesses or institutions that would that would kind of half-ass their way support an artist right yeah. it, it'll be like it'll be like you go to an event and they have someone doing live painting and you would say how much are you paying the artist oh you get exposure right <laughs> you know and and the great thing about having a, a gallery where it's hyper hyper local like i i've traveled the country i've gone done a lot of stuff as a dj and an artist playing in the southeast a lot yeah. but one of the things that i tell that i tell the music scene here and i also say the visual art scene here is that our scene musically artistically is just as strong as any community in the southeast and, and i would and i'll put my feet down 10 toes down on that shit i think a lot of other cities might have better opportunities for artists to express themselves or a, be, a better platforms or whatever but as far as the talent is concerned we got it and so what's cool about having a hyper-local gallery is you can be in there. Like, for an example, when I'm DJing on Sundays, I'll text the artist that's on the wall in the gallery. And I'll be like, yo, what you doing this Sunday? They're like, oh, I'm going to be there seeing you DJ. I'm like, cool. I can promote that you're going to be here. So when people come in, the artist can talk about their piece. That's cool. The artist can talk about their work, right? And and it's not necessarily just a salon talk because we we, we'll do those too. But I want to demystify walking to a gallery because people feel like, I don't have the money for it or I don't have the palette for it. Right. And we got to be like, yo, do you like this? Here's somebody telling you what motivated them to do it. And more than just originals, I want to get prints in there so people can can start investing in art. Because to me, buying a limited edition print was the only way I could invest in art when, yeah. when the originals were selling for twenty, thirty thousand dollars and and you're employing a dope framer in the community and you've got some flashing on your wall. I think that was the one big thing that happened during the pandemic was that Everyone was stuck at home and they were like, my walls look like shit. Let's get some art. <laughs> so, like, so, so, I mean, and, 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 and I'm, I'm kind of joking, but not really like the, no, two I get industries, it. the two industries that skyrocketed during the pandemic was frozen pizza market and the art community. Like the art market was just exploded because everyone is like, let me, if I'm going to be here for two years, I at least want it to look pleasurable when I'm stuck in my room you know, crying that I can't go out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I absolutely agree that it, that is, that is really cool. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, as far as things that happened in 2023, just take a, take a moment, reflect on 2023. What were some of the key highlights and challenges that you experienced? Oh boy. I think, um, I, I, I not to be a prisoner of the moment, but I think the gallery was a big, big thing. Yeah. Um, for me, because, been a creative for a long time and I've been talking about a gallery space for a long time. And, and it kind of was just this really great way that it all came together and, and how um, me and my partners, Eric and Kat, like the, the, the building has a storied history. 
we had a relationship with the person that was in there before and that has like a really deep story to it or whatever. So to have an opportunity to to do this and be downtown Columbia, it was really, really big deal. I, I think um the other thing on a personal level, like I'll put an album out. Yeah. And and um, you know, I've 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 done music before, but I felt like this was a way that I wanted to do it the way that I thought made sense. Like I give you an example, like working part time at the breakfast store, one of the fails that I would see that even big time national artists would make is they would, let's say they released an album in February and it came out digitally. And then what happened is they'll say, you know, when the album comes out, they put their order in to get their vinyl mm-hmm. and vinyl takes months to get done. I don't give a fuck if you're Adele. I don't give a fuck if you a, a little guy that only has 50 fans. There's not a thousand vinyl press, pressing plants out there. Everybody uses the same pressing plants, right? And so I say that to say, you'll have an artist to put an album out in February, and then maybe six months later, the vinyl comes out. And what happens is you're asking the public to re-engage with music that they already heard six months ago. Right. Um, and I feel like it was a wasted opportunity because in my mind, I'm like, put the vinyl out at the same time you drop it digitally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so now in saying that it was very hard for me because I finished this album and in your mind, you're like, I can make money off of this. I can put this out. I can get some marketing promotion, but I had to sit on that shit mm-hmm. for, for months and so the vinyl came back in. And the, and the way that I wanted to do the album, you know, being older and making music and, and more specifically hip-hop music, I turned 40 this year. So making hip-hop is really different than me. Hold on. I'm trying to find going... my violin for you. <laughs> 40. Kiss my ass. <laughs> well, well, listen. Now, now in, in, the regular, in the regular world, 40 is fine. Yeah. In, hip-hop, in the hip-hop world, I'm three thousand eight hundred and twelve, <laughs> right? So, like, right? You know what I'm saying? You're like, saying you're, like, you're you're trying to tell me you don't think Jay Z has aged well uh, as far as uh, age? <laughs> well, well, put it like this: I give you, I give you one better. I met LL Cool J a couple months ago. Oh, okay. And he's fifty-five. He is right? fifty-five. Yeah. And and it was weird. I sent the picture to my mom, and she kind of made like like. She sent me like uh, smile emojis with the little hearts on the eyes, and I'm like, I know you're not giving that to me. Are you? <laughs> are you? Are you heart eye emoji? LL Cool J when I'm in a picture with him, like I feel weird. But, but, but one of the things with hip hop, and I thought I was, I thought it was really great about the 50th anniversary of hip hop is that you're starting to see hip hop artists be able to get older in the culture. Yeah, where I think years ago. That was your death nail, right? Yeah. That as soon as soon as you get older, we want to get rid of you because hip hop really ate its young. So when I saw the LL Cool J concert, you know he had the Roots backing him, he had Rakim, he had De La Soul, and I'm looking, and and more than me seeing it be be completely sold out, was that everybody looked like they had jobs, right? <laughs> yeah. Everybody, you know, and it was an older community, and LL even made a joke. The show started at eight o'clock. That shit was over by like ten twenty. Nice. He's like, I ain't about to have y'all out here, you know. So, I, so I say that to say, making music, hip hop music at forty, coming from a culture 
that never put their arms around getting older gave me a sense of appreciating making music now because I'm like, I'm not trying to sell a million records. I'm like, I pressed up 300 copies of my album on vinyl and I'm like, hell, I can find 300 people to buy this yeah. and I can make real, I can make real money off of it. And so, and so my, my appetite became different when I wanted to do like a listening party. So I didn't want to do your traditional, I'm performing at New Brooklyn or whatever, you know, shout out to New Brooklyn. But, <laughs> but I didn't want to do that. I wanted, especially during the pandemic, one of the things that touched me the most was I don't care if you perform in stadiums or if you usually play in front of 20 people at a coffee shop, the equalizer of the pandemic, everybody had to play at their house. Everybody was playing acoustic guitar in their bedrooms, right? Yeah, yeah. And and you started to realize the importance of connection with the artists and the public. And so to me, after that, I'm like, I don't give a fuck about huge stadium shows as much as I care about something that I feel connected. And so my listening party was me and my therapist having a conversation about the album. Right. And it was just a talk about these topics and these subjects. You know, the albums they met to my grandmother who, um, you know, went through Jim Crow South, yeah. you know, black women that went through all this crazy shit and all these things that kind of stuff that I had to realize that she had to go through for me to be here. And all those things were put into this project. And it was a lot of like soul searching to create it, but also to be in a to be in a safe space. So publicly, you know, be vulnerable where I joke before the show, I'm like, yo, the over under of the amount of times I'm gonna cry is three and a half, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and people took the, they took the over, which they, they should have, and it was like, <laughs> you know, right? But I've never been in a more vulnerable state with my art in front of people and felt more comfortable than I ever have as a creative in the city, ever in my life, right? So it was like, that was a triumph for me to be like, oh, we sold the Nickelodeon out. Oh, these people are coming in buying records. And I made a mistake. We sold the records too fast. I sold the albums within a month. And so That's I couldn't great. tour. I couldn't tour because I'm like, I can't go on the road without a product. Right. So so I'm in the process of ordering more now, but it's going to take a few months and I'm trying to plan it now. But but to to have that type of love, you know, creatively and to see people show up for that that was probably um that was probably outside of the galleries probably like the 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 greatest part of 23 for me yeah that's cool well looking ahead to 2024 what sort of things are you anticipating um i think i want to trust um my instincts a little bit more i, I think that with the gallery kind of prove and with the success of, of the album kind of prove, I think that, you know, not to sound like these uh, uh, toxic, positive people on social media where there's a guy that I listen to and he's kind of cool, but he'll be like, he'll say shit like, oh, if you don't like your job, just quit it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Wow. And, 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 yeah. And they'll make these like really, really like, um, cut and dry answers yeah. to very to very nuanced situations, right? And and that's a form of privilege, right? Like like I know my privilege too. Like he, even oh, with Is he white? Yeah, you know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> you know sure who I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's some shit that I it's some shit that I watch. I'm like, oh that's kinda cool. Oh okay. You know what I mean? It, it's it's 
it's cool, but but the elements of the things that I think I can take from that is, all right, there's certain things that I can trust with my resource. So it's not going to be as, as, you know, I'm 40, so I can't be, um, I can't just do something impulsive, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I'm an artist that never had money. So we're the most strategic motherfuckers out here, right? Yeah. And when you see, and when you see creative people with money to blow, they have terrible ideas yeah. because they can always they can always finance whatever creative shit they got, and it was and they never had to go to somebody and say, "Hey, man, I ain't got a lot of money, so if I do something with this, I gotta make sure this shit don't fall apart." Yeah, right. Pe- people with money, they say, "Oh, I- I'm just gonna pay to do this, and if it don't work, they're gonna pay to get themselves out of it." Right. So, so, but I say that to say, in 24, um, I really, really, really want it to be the year of me. Um, amplifying other people that look like me. Like the people that look like me as an artist growing up, trying to find places in town to perform or trying to find um, a way to get in the paper or whatever. Every Everything that I do in the community, I want to use my resources to help other people, to help these other artists, these young artists, these hip-hop artists, these black artists, these black creatives, like that's what I really want to do for 24. Like, like one of the biggest things that I thought was really important, and, and I said this in the paper when we talked about the gallery, was that there are high-end galleries, maybe in Columbia, that sell shit for a lot of money. And it's like, I don't know the people personally that can walk in and buy something for five grand the first time they see it. Yeah. Right? The, the reality is, if you want somebody to buy something like that, that's, that's thinking about it, I got to get them engaged. So I got to give them reasons to come in the gallery over and over again. Hence me DJing there. Let's do events. Let's do shows. And so by that fifth or sixth time you come in there, you're going to look at a piece and like, hmm, what's the best you can do for that? Right? That's how you do it. Yeah. But, but aside from that, there might be galleries where people got, you know, the connections to get people to sell shit and buy shit easily. One of the things I would love to do with the gallery is have an artist say, I had my first show in Soul House, right? Right. A on. lot of times, I think I, I think people they want to jump on something when it's already successful. I want to be the person to say, "Yo, man, I, I call it Shazam parties." Like, <laughs> like, like you can DJ a club that want to hear top forty shit, but I like the DJ stuff where people are coming to hear me put them onto some shit. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. The, the greatest feeling in the world, you playing a record and somebody holding their phone up to the speaker. That's the that's the greatest compliment that you can give me because somebody is saying this shit sounds dope. I want to figure out what it is. And you're basically trusting me to be the Jesus of cool. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to show you I'm trying to show you some fly shit. Yeah. I feel like that with the artists in the community and to be able to be able to say, hey, I, I want that to be a bragging right. Be like, yo. The first time this person had a show was here. So I want to be, I want to have my hand in helping people with their first. That's right? cool. Their first show, their first, their first album, their first performance, their first article in the paper. I, that's a 24 goal is to help out with first. Well, I will be yeah. there. I will be there to cheer and whistle you along the way. So <laughs> I appreciate it. I whistle. I whistle really loud. Uh, <laughs> All right. All right, Andy Griffiths. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I actually met Andy Griffith a couple of times when I worked in radio. He's he was a very sweet really? old man. Oh yeah. I was yeah, about yeah, to yeah. I was about to ask how was he? So he was 
he was just as advertised, huh? He he, the the man that that we had on the radio uh, back at uh, WKHX in Atlanta, uh, we had him on when he was doing uh, some tours back in the uh, late '90s for his gospel albums. Uh, and, uh, the guy that I, the guy that did the morning show, Moby, uh, was, uh, big into gospel for that particular radio station. And I think you know what I mean by that. Uh, but, uh, yes, absolutely. but he, uh, but Andy Griffith came in and, and honestly, like when I met him, like I didn't call him Andy Griffith. I, I, I called him Sheriff Taylor. Everybody in that, everybody <laughs> in that studio called him Sheriff Taylor. Because you know it was either Matlock or Sheriff Taylor. It was you know that yeah. was that was who you that was who you knew, and he he was so sweet. He was just he was just a really nice old fat man, and uh, yeah. it was it was it was fun to meet him. Uh, but yeah, that was that was that was a really cool, really really cool uh, uh, thing that I got to experience when I worked in radio. And you know, and side note, this might be an idea that you can kind of workshop later on, but. You rarely see somebody have like a second win the way Andy did. Oh, like yeah. to have the Andy Griffith show and to have Matt Lock. You know what I mean? It's kinda like <laughs> I hate to use this example, but it kind of feels the same way. It's kinda like, you know, Isaac Hayes' music career and then he comes back around with like the South Park stuff, even though <laughs> if, even even though they ended horribly. But <laughs> but, but I, I, I think that's interesting to see people have like these like second, you know, incarnations of like a, yeah. a totally different character or whatever. So yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's very cool. So, last thing I wanted to ask you, uh, being twenty twenty four, do you ever do any sort of like resolutions, things that you want to stick with for the rest of the year? Um, I find that that's not healthy for me. Okay. And what I mean by it's not healthy, what I mean by it's not healthy, is that it is, um, you know, because everybody like listen, I think of resolutions the way I thought about the pandemic is that as soon as the pandemic hit, I'm like, yo, I'm home all the time. I'm going to learn. I'm going to be fluent in motherfucking Spanish. Yeah. By the time this shit is done, I'm going to write the Great American Novel. I'm going to you know, be DJing because I was like making mixtapes and shit like that. And I was gung-ho until one day I just hit a wall. And I was like, I can't do nothing at all. And my therapist is just like, this isn't a fucking vacation. This is global trauma that everybody's dealing with, yeah, right? And and what I realized what happened is, is that when I'm trying to go towards that so heavy and so hard, then when you hit a wall, and we all gonna hit a wall, you just kind of give up on it. Yeah. I think resolutions resolutions kind of have this, um, this, uh, this thing to it. So to me, I would rather, so instead of me saying, I'm gonna give up drinking, completely or whatever i'll say because i've done this this year i'd be like you know what i know i know thanksgiving is here and my family want to have drinks for thanksgiving all right well christmas is a month from now let me stop drinking for that month and you gave yourself an opportunity and room to do better but you're not putting yourself in a position where you like i'm gonna stop this and i'm gonna lose 20 pounds like, yeah like instead of me saying i want to lose 50 pounds or 30 pounds this year I'm gonna be like, all right. Well, if if I gotta eat out X amount of times during the week, make this many meals a salad. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and yeah. And so I think figuring out ways that I can like real time edit and manage my my habits or whatever, I think that's a lot better than having like a resolution to put up there, right? So you know, 
and and of course, if if there was a resolution, is make more money, save more money, get more pussy, whatever, right? You know, so, <laughs> right? Like, like, like everybody say the same shit every year. Like, uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, but 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 the goals for twenty four, um, I don't know if they're resolutions or not, but the art gallery goal kind of moved faster than I expected because I expected to buy a house before I got a gallery, but the situation kind of came up where we had a really great partnership. Yeah, but. My goal is more than me dreaming about marriage and kids and all that other stuff. I want a dog. I oh, want okay. a, I want a beautiful German Shepherd that can just hang with me all the time. I might I might give him some hipster name like Brooklyn to be totally nice, <laughs> totally ironic, right? I like, like it. And and go and get him some training and do all this shit. And maybe I won't go too far when I speak German to him in front of people. That just scare motherfuckers. But I would just <laughs> like to have, like, like you walk in with a, a black man with a German shepherd going, nein, is he going to like, 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 no, like, nah, like, I'm not going to do that. But, um, I want, I, I want, a, I want, a, I want a home I want a German Shepherd. Like those are like my goals for okay. the year. Okay. So yeah. Well, I, I I will I will keep you abreast of the houses that are in for sale in my neighborhood, and uh, and and I know someone that I can get in touch with that can get you in the direction of potentially finding a German Shepherd. Well, and, and the thing about it is, I have to do it in that order because sure. I don't want to be the person. I don't want to be the person because I've had dogs before and, and it's like if I don't have the time for them or the space for them, people would do that with their pets because it becomes a yeah. it becomes emotionally it's a, it's an emotional masturbatory thing where it's like, oh, they make me feel good. And then you're like, you know, you wonder why your dog is wilding out because you don't walk this motherfucker. Yeah. Right? So I'm like, I'm like, I want to plan it out and basically have a best. I want I want to be motherfucking John Wick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> <laughs> and if you fuck with Brooklyn, I'm going to do just like what John Wick did. Hurt my dog. I'm popping somebody. But anyways. Yeah. But yeah, but that, those are my goals for 24. That sounds great. All right. Well, I, I, I am here for it. And uh, I love you. I am. I am, Love you back. I am so glad that one 2023, you and I finally got to meet and uh, and we've we've we have created this bond. And I want to be there for uh, all of the progress that you have in 2024 and on. Well, I got something to throw in. All right. I've always got extra shit. Um, I'm working with the aristocrat and and there's a great chef, Chef Hector over there, who's an amazing cook and pastry specialist. We're doing an event for MLK Monday. Um, I used to do this thing, my, my, my moniker for my music stuff is called Mo Better Soul, and I used to do these things called Loft Sessions, where I would literally do these shows at the 701 Loft, where we would have music, we will have art, we will have food. Um, so I'm gonna do, cause he wanted to do some fly stuff and, and have kind of like a really cool menu. So we're gonna do like a Loft Sessions at the Aristocrat, where it's gonna be an all vinyl situation. So I'm gonna be DJing, I'm gonna have local DJ Chris Winter, who's a fixture in the music community here, and a homeboy of mine who's a vinyl DJ out of um, Charlotte named Flock of Slagles. So it's gonna be like a free cool thing. It's gonna be like seven to 10 o'clock, MLK Monday, January the 15th, come out of the aristocrat. We're gonna have really, really dope food. Um, and, and and I hope this sticks. I wanted a drink name after me and I'm gonna tell you the drink that I wanted. Okay. I want it, uh, cause I want a specialty drink for, the, for our nights when we're doing stuff. So I want the preach and what I want the preach to be I want the preach to be an old fashioned 
but you use Uncle Nearest rye whiskey for the old fashioned. Uncle Nearest is the black owned Jack Daniels company. So that, you know, you can get an old fashioned or you can get it with Uncle Nearest. That's called the preach. That's what I'm aiming for. I talked to them about it today. We'll see if we workshop it out. But January 15th, I'll send you the flyer and I uh, hope you can make it out. It'd be kind of, kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Preach Jacobs, thank you very much for being here and uh, and talking about 2023, 2024 uh, and, and on. So uh, look forward to that. Make sure to check out Soul Haas. It's over there on Lincoln Street in uh, downtown Columbia. Uh, Reca Sundays are with Preach are on uh, Sundays, obviously. Uh, so uh, when just pay attention to his Instagram because he puts it out there. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, I do. Yeah. All right, Preach. Thank you very much. Happy New Year. Love you. Thank you for being on with me and uh, look forward to many more. Happy New Year. Love you back. Talk to you soon. The All About Nothing podcast is produced and engineered by me, Barrett Gruber. Thanks to Cake for our intro music, Sick of You. You can follow everything Cake the Band at cakemusic.com. Thanks to Muff the Producer for our outro music. You can follow Muff on Instagram at Muff the Producer. I am Barrett Gruber. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Barrett Gruber or visit my link tree slash Barrett Gruber. Want to support the show? Visit our webpage, theallaboutnothing.com become a member. There are several tiers available, including memberships that give you early access to episodes as well as exclusive content. Visit theallaboutnothing.com. To find links to our social media, merchandise, and past episodes, visit theallaboutnothing.com. If you'd like to be heard on the show, you can call and leave us a message. Dial 803-672-0533. If the time between these episodes is more than you can handle, check out our partner podcast. Zach and I host What the Pod Was That with Carrie Simmons. Visit whatthepodwasthat.com for links and details. Ami takes a deep dive down the rabbit whole in episodes of Welcome to Wonderland, available on all the podcast platforms. Visit WTWLpod.com for details. As well, you can listen to the political and social conversation between Dr. Jamella Brooks and Bill Kimmler on Black, White, and Blue in the South, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe and share this show. If you're on YouTube, please like and hit the notification bell. Thank you for listening. The preceding podcast is a product of Big Media and copyright 2024, all rights reserved. This episode of the All About Nothing podcast is brought to you by Blank Canvas Brand. If you own a business, restaurant, or sports team and you're ready to shake things up with that new, unique image, you need to use Blank Canvas Brand. Blank Canvas specializes in brand identity, including logos and graphics for business cards, flyers, banners, and signs. Blank Canvas offers printing services to help with your clothing needs. Look. When it comes to talent and service, there is no one better. For more information, you can search Facebook for Blank Canvas, or you can email blankcanvas at theallaboutnothing.com. That's B-L-N-K-C-A-N-V-S at theallaboutnothing.com. You can find links in the Friends of the Pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com.